welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy. With Christian. And Brie. Ooh, spicy. Um, I guess we should say our socials. I'm Brie Noel E on Twitter and Instagram. I am Christian B. Hewitt on Instagram and C.B. Hewitt on Twitter. So, uh, so cute. Fun um, times. But yeah, this is our first episode ever. I'm so excited. Very excited. Um, we have a lot of different ideas going into the podcast. Who knows which ones will actually get done and which ones will scrap. Right. But I am super excited. Basically, we're just going to be doing research on topics that we find are either problematic or controversial or people just have strong opinions about them and sharing our opinions about them. Whether you choose to agree with them or not is entirely up to you. We just asked that I don't know. You're nice about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be a dick, I guess. Basically. <laughs> um, so, basically, we're just going to be chatting about some topics that we really enjoy or want to learn more about and are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, before we get started, um, we have a couple little news things that have been happening lately. So, as of yesterday, Texas shame on them I, banned abortion so past six weeks it's so disappointing no I, I just don't get it like what's the point your period is two weeks late at that point right not everybody has like regular periods right. sometimes people just really don't get their periods right. um and anybody with a uterus or childbearing organs like respect to them in texas because not only are they dealing with the stress of this but also there's a like goddamn ten thousand dollar bounty on people's heads if they go get an abortion right uh, which is I, absolutely I think ridiculous. It's, it's, it causes people to want to go get unsafe abortions and exactly cause more issues in the long run which i just don't think is a good idea and you're forcing people to have children who probably don't want to keep them mm-hmm. and so you're gonna have a lot more kids in the foster uh, system and orphanages so that's just gonna cause a whole lot of issues with that so. yeah exactly and it's like what people say like um government especially older gentlemen in the government which is basically the only people that are in it anymore mm-hmm. aren't actually pro-life they're just pro-birth and then they don't really give a fuck after that right and not only is it just an absolutely like tumultuous thing to put women through mm-hmm. it goes directly against roe v wade right because that was in your first trimester you can get an abortion and mm-hmm. then second and third it's like mm, maybe not right. but now it's six weeks six weeks like that's ridiculous you don't right. even have like really the fear of being pregnant yet right. i could go all day right. i could literally <laughs> go all day but we have to cut this off um and then also miss ida made her way through the east coast ida is a hoe that's what i have <laughs> to say about that because that's just I, I don't know i mean obviously it didn't affect us that much i did see there's a house that crashed um close between us did you mm-hmm. not see that on your way over here like, no, I didn't. You'll see it when you go home. There's a crash. Our house oh, like, wow. crashed in the front. Yeah. Kind of I guess surprising. we should mention, like, yeah, we're in the South. We're two queer bitches in the, in the South, South. So, struggling you know, for life. Shout out to all the queer bitches in the South who are struggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, we see you. We hear, we hear you. You, you are so you valid. You are so valid. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. We are you. We we get it. We, we are here for you is what we were trying to say. But also, like... Um, I hope everyone, any, like, listeners that are in New Orleans are okay. Any listeners, like, especially in New York with all the flooding, Mm -hmm. especially recently. But I think it's made me realize that people in New York are the most resilient, especially, like, after COVID. Yeah. Especially early COVID. They were literally dancing to rain on me in the street. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Didn't cause an outbreak. And I saw a video, I think last night, of a guy in New York jumping off of a bridge into the floods, like, just diving. (laughs) And you know what? They're just kind of like, I hate to say this, 
because it sounds mean, but they're kind of like the cockroaches of the human race. Like, they're just going to survive anything. Oh, for sure. New Yorkers are, like, a different breed of humans. Like, yeah. I feel like if natural selection is going to get us, they won't get the New Yorkers. No, they'll be the last ones to go. And right. I think that happens in, like, most apocalyptic movies. Like, Think it's about always it. Where, does, New York. where do the apocalypse always happen? New York. It's New York. Anyways. New York. New York. New York. <laughs> New York. Um, but now that we've kind of, I guess, covered the current current news, um, I guess we should get into our topic that I did a little bit of research on. Yes, let's discuss this. I'm very excited to get into this I am so excited, especially with the current state of media. Um, parasocial relationships, do you know anything about them? Not until I read your research about (laughs) it. Like, I did not know it existed, so. I think it is such an interesting thing. So, basically, parasocial relationships were first introduced by these two, I think, communication specialists, Mm -hmm. Richard Wool and David Horton, in 1956, which, like, directly correlated with, I guess, the modernization of the television and, like, chat shows and radio hosts being uh, more prominent and not just giving the news but also giving their two cents and asking for audience feedback. So it came to be more of a personal relationship. And the first person that Wolin Horton really, like, denoted this type of um, relationship with was Paul O'Grady, who was a UK broadcaster and TV host. he was apparently a very sociable person and then um, became even more popularized in 1978 when he started um, performing in a drag persona of Lily Savage and kind of like changed the course of like modern history, I think. Because yeah. that was, um, I'm sure you, you definitely know more about this than me, but that was really when drag started to become more like modernized. I and guess. more, I think, normalized. Yeah. Because I, mean, dra- I mean, drag's been around for a while, but I do know like it didn't I mean people still think it's weird like I know there are people that think it's like the weirdest thing ever but obviously I think it kind of was the catalyst and where it is today oh for sure yeah give it up to modern media for the birth of the queer people well not the birth the resurrection of the queers because they were killed off this is basically our renaissance right basically yeah I think that's the best way to say it oh my god (laughs) the gay renaissance is the 20s love that it's literally right now but anyways um basically the importance of a parasocial relationship came to be with especially women in this time period because at the time they were mostly homemakers so they weren't really working a job and for the most part they would either just be around children all day Mm -hmm. and then their husbands would come home and be obnoxious you've seen movies we're being being stereotypical here but like I mean, aren't we all? Yeah, but I mean, at the time in the late 70s, I guess this is really like that was the mm-hmm. life that we were used to. I mean, not us, obviously, but people. <laughs> we weren't even babies. We weren't even. We weren't. We were not even concepts yet. We were just. <laughs> I don't think my parents were concepts no. yet. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I don't know. So, like, what actually is a parasocial relationship, though? Because it's just unreciprocated relationship between an audience member and a performer. You see it now with Wendy Williams, Oprah, okay. celebrities, influencers, Did Kylie you even Jenner. That with, like, YouTubers too. Oh, like, for so, like, sure. Tyler Oakley, when I was obsessed with him. That baby, Bob, that was, was a parasocial relationship. Right. Okay. So we don't need to get into that. Well, no, we're going, into to. It. we're going to. We're going to get there. But um, parasocial relationships in the beginning were really just with people on TV and people on the radio and now they're with basically anybody because social media has become such a large platform Mm -hmm. so it can be with someone who has like 2,000 followers and just you're like lurking on them and just keeping up to date with their life but not actually contacting them or if you do it's just met with like a very 
generic response oh, or like a so like much. on the so comment. I'm so glad you like it or whatever. Yeah, or like seeing your DMs. But it's to not them. a personal relationship. No, they don't reciprocate any energy that you give to them because it's all about energy and like how much time and effort you put into spending your life towards them. Right. Because right. we'll get into it later, but it's it's really intense now with okay. how big mass media is. Right main appeal with it is having some sort of friendship that you don't have to feel stressed out by so most people that have pretty intense parasocial relationships they can honestly say that the only time that they feel um relaxed in a social interaction is while they're watching these celebrities and it's not really a relationship but they still feel that way because the emotion that our brain feels during these interactions is the same that you would feel having a conversation with someone that you actually know so our brain just categorizes it the same way and mm. doesn't differentiate the two okay yeah, yeah. I, can, I can see how that makes sense yeah because especially with like the youtuber setup like you're seeing their arm motions you're seeing them they're you're in seeing, their home right, yeah. for the most part at least or they're like doing something so you kind of live vicariously through them and I think especially a lot of like younger people kind of just latch themselves onto that person and honestly I cannot blame them especially in like the current state with the Cove Cove and not having really many Cove Cove Cove. (laughs) (laughs) and not having a ton of like personal relationships in school right yeah everything is digital right now Mm mm-hmm even with like TikTok Twitter Instagram it's getting more intense because there's just so many times per day that you can see what someone's doing. Right. So it almost becomes like a dependency on keeping up with somebody. Especially now, like you can like have notifications set to when someone posts something or anything. Really, it's like so. It's like you can literally yeah. be so up to date with everything that they're doing. It's oh kinda, my god! It's kind of exactly. creepy. Like it's it, so it's creepy. really kind of disturbing to think about. Yeah, like delete your Instagram for a day and see how little you know about the outside world. It's crazy. <laughs> I'll do that at some point. Not today. Not today, though. Not today. Not today. Um, But it also, like, it's not only with people or celebrities that you really love. It's also the kind that you love to hate on. So people that are super against, like, the Kardashians. Mm -hmm. But they still always kind of, like, know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, people that were complaining that Kylie Jenner and I think Travis Scott or whatever bought a yellow school bus so Stormy could get into it and just literally walk up and down it. And then, like, I don't know put it in a junkyard right like that is so detached from reality but everybody knows that it happened right so you still have that relationship and kylie jenner does not give a shit about what you think she's doing right she's, she's still in gonna her own do world. it she's in her own little world. oh yeah they are so detached and because we're like children of the internet we have to see what's going on constantly with these celebrities because they're like holier than thou like godlike deities <laughs> in our lives right they're basically like i don't know our greek gods yeah, maybe, I guess, maybe not Greek gods. I want to go there to say that much. For some, <laughs> for some, I guess. Yeah, Kylie Jenner is someone's religion. Like you know that. True. They probably have like have a little like they have to have like a little shrine set up. But like you know, like the Jesus candles, like the really tall thin ones. <gasps> they have that, but it's Kylie Jenner. Oh my God! No, not <laughs> that even that. Entire, but it's the entire Kardashian family and the Jenner family. It's just real. Everyone. And there's those people that will go and impersonate celebrities, like those Ariana Grande impersonators <laughs> that just wear like a ponytail the and only a sweatshirt. You have is what's her name? Paige. Um, Girl, no, Emery. Emery. Yeah. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her. She's kind of everything. She is kind of everything because she does it. She's. She does like, it flawlessly. She's gotten better at it. I think it's, she's like... She's she, also, what, like, 14? Well, she was. I think she's older now. 
Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, Anyways, this is a tangent. <laughs> a lot of parasocial relationships are actually good things and they can um, be proven to strengthen your social skills. Mm -hmm. But the problem comes in when you get exposed to these parasocial relationships too young, which is happening more and more because of our favorite iPad kids. <laughs> I read that and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Not me bringing iPad kids into literally every single conversation I have ever. But like... They're, it's awful. I don't know. I will go to dinner and like just sit down. As like when I was back at home with my parents, I was like, I don't think I could shove like an iPad in front of my kid's face. No, I feel just, so mean. I feel so mean because it's like, you know, your kid's crying. And so like, you know, you shove an iPad in their face and get them to shut up. But then it's also like, you're not teaching them the proper social like skills to learn at such a young age. Cause like people love to harp on our generation for saying like, oh, we are the generation that like grew up with screens and everything. But mm -hmm. we still had like at least 10 12 i know i got a phone when i was like i think it was 10 or 11. I like was it was 10. like a little flip phone so it yeah wasn't mine like was a, like the sidekick yeah literally <laughs> so it wasn't like a smartphone but like even then like we had tvs we had video games but it wasn't it wasn't constant it wasn't like what it is now where you have a phone which is acts like a computer in your pocket at all times you got games on your yeah. phone like you got we, games on your we phone don't, we don't we didn't have that when we were little but and now. it's also like kind of killing the dining out experience because mm -hmm. you go out to eat somewhere and if you're near a like table with a kid you're trying to have a conversation like with your friends or your family and all you hear is like coca melon <laughs> literally <laughs> but like i also have started to notice like if i'm not eating out if i'm eating at home like i will mm -hmm. sit on my phone while i eat dinner oh absolutely but i think it's a more personal thing right and but, it's not like you're just watching someone else right also it's like to entertain myself while i eat it's literally it's not to get me to shut up because i'm crying in a restaurant but anyway. um a study done by ucla actually showed that like these kids that are so exposed to common media and YouTubers actually like lack the skills of processing human emotion. So they're literally losing the ability to communicate simply because their parents aren't taking the time out of their day to just calm them down right. and talk to them. Yeah. But that's yeah. a whole different episode. We, we can get into that, but that'll be, that'll be for another week. There's another pretty bad thing that parasocial relationships cause, and that is like, basically expediting how quickly a teenager develops an eating disorder. So this really came into being with like mukbang videos on YouTube and for those who aren't sure, mukbangs are like where someone sits and eats a generally pretty giant meal mm -hmm. and they for the most part have a pretty like quote regular physique. Mm -hmm. So they'll eat these giant quantities of food and then behind the scenes they're not eating for like an entire week they just eat one day a week right. and so the people that watch these videos especially like impressionable young girls and boys and even like really young kids that are starting to watch these videos think that eating once a week in a big quantity is okay and that starving yourself is like okay which it is not in right. any capacity no, not at all. and um katrina smith who's a nutritionist actually said that um some teens are quote priming themselves for an eating disorder unquote um and using these videos to cope and that can even go as far as like those little like food videos on instagram and on twitter and tiktok like where people just make food or something or like, yeah they're okay. using it to like supplement their own eating disorder by not eating but just watching it 
See, my issue is I watch an eating video and I will be starving and it yeah. makes me want to go eat. So exactly, we know I don't have one. And <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to like be, say that they're bad. I mean, they are bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously it's an issue that people struggle with. Mm-hmm. And I and, can't personally relate. That's what I have to say. Yeah. But another thing that really primes people for these eating disorders is the fact that they spend so much time on media watching these people that are constantly getting camera ready and have unthinkable amount of money to get themselves like any work done go on diets pay for nutritionalists pay for and, uh, personal trainers and exactly stuff, they're working out you know six days a week seven days a week maybe multiple yeah. times a day and a lot of people that are i guess affected by this are teenagers that still have to go to like school or like have a part-time job or after school activities so they literally don't have the means to achieve these bodies that aren't really realistic in any way right and it just kind of crushes their ability to form thoughts about themselves right and this is also really seen in like the infamous 2014 tumblr era of like pro eating disorders and like showing like thinspo that is just absolutely like it seems like it's really fun at the time. Like, oh, oh my God, this is a community it was so, of it people. Was such, it was such an aesthetic back in 2014. Yeah. But now that we're like out of that and we look back at it, we're like, whoa, that was actually really problematic. And we should not yeah. be pushing this on young, impressionable teenagers. Yeah, like these women that were being posted literally looked like they were suffering from consumption. Right. Like they were not healthy. But right. these teenage girls especially thought that it was so hot and sexy and they wanted to be like that. Right. And it's just so sad to like look back on that era and see all the people that have grown out of it that just aren't able to think properly anymore because their brains were literally destroyed by this disease and it is so sad especially because so many teenagers spend so much of their time staring at celebrities with like quote-unquote perfect bodies nobody's perfect nobody's perfect unless it's your body because everybody's perfect And that's the tea of the day. Okay, I'm really sorry that we had to go into that, but um, now we're only going to talk about good things. So um, cleanse your soul for a second. Should we like do a little palate cleanser? We should do. We should just do one big breath in. (gasps) All right, moving on. All right. So something that has flourished in a community sense is stand platforms. They're kind of infamous for being bullies but they're also like building community in especially young teenagers that don't really have community outside of it because they like aren't forming social relationships or they don't seem to fit fit in and instead of just being like insanely depressed and isolating themselves they're able to build these communities based on people that they have parasocial relationships with and the relationships that they form in these platforms aren't super parasocial in the way that they still have interaction back Mm-hmm. And, like, you hear people talking about their internet friends all the time. So it's not a parasocial relationship because they are friends. Right. It's just, you know, yeah. they've never actually got to meet in person. But Yeah. They're still, like, buddies and I it still, makes a community. Point, I still have, like, those communities online because, like, I've been in the community for so long that, like, if I try to leave it, I feel like I lose part of myself at this yeah. point. Um, also, I mean, the people I've met are great. And so... Why would I throw that away, you know? No, literally. And these, like, relationships, they help you strengthen your own identity. Right. And so if you're talking about a celebrity all the time, you're especially now seeing their political views, seeing their personal beliefs, seeing their, like, daily routines even, and you're kind of, like, molding yourself and projecting your own personal image onto what these people are. Mm -hmm. And it's making you feel 
somehow more worthy but also like less worthy at the same time it's a really weird paradox so like people will latch on to celebrities and like influencers that they find themselves in and they'll just kind of run with it and right. make this generalization of what they think they should be based on other people right. and it's not necessarily a bad thing it just is a different way of growing into your own person that we haven't necessarily seen in the past right so like you see something like you see someone wearing something or something you're like oh my god i know i would look so good in that or like yeah. i really want to wear that because i think that is just like the aesthetic i'm going for or whatever That's yeah what, is that what you're kind of getting at it's like yeah, yeah and it can even go deeper than that like if you're not wise and everything and exactly yeah. if you're not super aware of many um like cultural things i guess yeah. if you see let's say when demi lovato um, announced that they were using they them pronouns mm -hmm. there was a lot of backlash for it but i also saw a lot of people that were sympathizing and saying that they also didn't really feel comfortable putting their pronouns of like they them she they he they right. into the world until they started seeing celebrities do it so it's really like a catalyst thing yeah because everybody follows a celebrity right everybody does it whether you whether, think you are or not. And whether you choose to or not, you always are somehow up to date. And that's just literally general media priming you for that. Yeah, we just all have little rat brains. We're going to do it anyways. <laughs> right. We're all little rats. <laughs> little rats. <laughs> um, and because of this access to information on celebrities, you're able to see their early life, their careers, their romances, everything about them, basically. And you don't have to be ashamed of it because it's not like you're going to the library and doing deep research on like a really weird person in right. history you literally just have to like pull out your Google phone search and it's right yeah. there in front of your hands I and it's, yeah wikipedia is somehow a godsend and also the I, worst creation so, of the world i still hate that that like teachers are like you can't quote wikipedia because honestly it has so much relevant information sometimes okay literally like i feel like it's not as um what is it it used to be like users could like answer questions mm -hmm. but it's not a question thread thing anymore it's more so like here's actual information that we've gathered i think it's really yeah cool. like i've browsed wikipedia quite a lot in my life and i've never really found false information that right. couldn't be corroborated somewhere else right i mean and, you probably fact check it but i mean for the most part it's usually always right yeah so. and also there are sources cited in wikipedia links so it's not like people are just going and changing them willy-nilly right because if any if i met somebody that went in to just change their wikipedia pages just on a whim i don't think i'd like that person like get a different hobby <laughs> hobbies are great but if you're just gonna go lie to the general public just go be a politician instead. Literally, honestly. <laughs> just and lie that's about things. the tea part two. Also, sorry if my chair has been squeaking a lot. I'm sitting in like a... Uh, a cool bungee chair that's It's a Target bungee chair. That fits the aesthetic of my room really well. Yeah, it so. fits the aesthetic of your room, but not the aesthetic of recording a podcast. <laughs> okay, so I'm basically done explaining parasocial relationships themselves, but I have a little fun topic that we're going to kind of conversate off of, which is the Swifty effect. Because we're in the presence of a Swifty. Yes, the presence of a very, very passionate Swifty here. Yeah. It's literally listening to reputation before you die here. So <laughs> Isn't what? Today's your reputation today's era? Today's my reputation day, and tomorrow will be my lover era because today is just a day. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what the future Today's holds. just a day. Slap that on the shirt and sell it for $50. <laughs> um, so, people really started building parasocial relationships with Taylor Swift after okay. the VMA incident yeah. of 2009, the yep. infamous Kanye yes. incident, yes, 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 um, yes. <laughs> because she was seen as an underdog and a lot of young women especially yeah. and queer youth attached themselves to her because they saw her just basically getting 
taken out of the spotlight by this guy that was just being rude for no reason. Right. No hate on Kanye, but also, like, hate on Kanye. Absolutely hate on Kanye. <laughs> I don't care. People can come and backlash at me for yeah. that. But, like, I do, like, I don't get how people can still like Kanye. If you like his music, good for you. Yeah, like, like, separate the music from the artist. Right. Because like he's a shitty people, I feel like that's what most people do, but the people that, like, praise Kanye for the way he is, I'm like, you are the reason that this world has issues. You're the like, reason just that say the COVID-19 pandemic is still going on. <laughs> just, like, say that you're an incel and pack your bags and get the fuck out. Get away. I don't want to listen to it. Get, put 50 feet between us and we're good. How about that? Mm-hmm. And, like, even 12 years after the incident... People are still, like, in love with Taylor. People right. are obsessed with her. They are in the trenches for her. At me. Go yeah, on, at me you. <laughs> I'm literally calling you out. Have you been a Swifty since 2009? I bet you have. Pretty much. Like, when she released Fearless, that was when I, like, fully became, like, mm-hmm. in love with her. Because You Belong With Me and Love Story just were on repeat on my iPod Nano. So. Well, yeah. And because of her presence in the media constantly, everybody right. felt like they were, like, her best friend. Right. They knew who her, who her boyfriend was right what trouble she was going through personally right her songs even though i'm pretty sure she has come out and said like oh they're not actually really about me for the most part they're just like a story that i like to tell for the most part yeah but like she does i feel like put most of her emotions that she's felt in her experiences into the stories sure. but i don't think she ever fully sets out to write them Unless it's John Mayer, because <laughs> Dear John dear, is a masterpiece, and, if and you I could disagree, go on. If you disagree with that statement, please stop listening to this podcast. Yeah, show yourself out. Maybe right. just go listen to the door, like, let the go door, listen to Kanye. I guess. Yeah, really, honestly, but yeah, go no, give him some streams. Basically, I've been obsessed with Taylor Swift, and I remember like when she got canceled online and everything because of the whole Taylor Swift server party. Again, another issue with Kanye. Yeah, like, what did she even do to deserve that? Or was well, it just... Well, basically, do you know what happened at all? No. So basically what happened is that Kanye recorded the song, and there's a line in it that says, I made that bitch famous, talking about Taylor mm. Swift. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. And then that. Kanye and Kim called Taylor, making sure, allegedly called her to see if she was okay with it. And she does say over the phone, yeah, that's okay with me, whatever, mm-hmm. I think it's cool, funny, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then when the song came out, she made a statement about it, how she didn't like how she was being referenced in the song and that she felt it was really derogatory to her and her career. And a lot of people attacked her when that video came out because Kim posted it and it was a lot of drama with that. And so she got canceled. And I really feel like Taylor was probably, I mean, there are a lot of younger artists or like older artists before Taylor that were super always online or not online but just constantly represented in media, in media and everything yeah. but i feel like taylor was like the first one that was on more modern media because i feel like in like the 90s and everything it was more like you had myspace or whatever but like mm-hmm. i feel like you didn't have twitter you didn't have instagram you didn't have yeah you had like people magazine that was just talking their shit constantly. right yeah but it wasn't modern media like it is today so oh, i feel no. like taylor it was like one of the first artists to be put under the microscope of modern media and, and especially since she was so young right. and such a target exactly. she was just a sweet innocent little southern girl exactly and so, then she became a bad bitch because of course she did right and so but I, she did the best thing i mean she went away for a year and then came back and she's better than ever so mm-hmm. um yeah definitely now that we're talking about parasocial relationships we I should definitely... absolutely go into the rise of taylor swift oh, the I... rise fall and then resurrection <laughs> of taylor swift but like would you say that uh taylor was your first like parasocial relationship yeah that's what i was just about to get into is that since yeah. we're talking about that i didn't realize that until that we like start talking about this i'm like oh yeah i'm not i'm realizing that taylor you was know your first. shit yeah i do i'm like wow taylor wow honey Hello. Bestie. Hey, Bestie. Hey, Blondie. (laughs) (laughs) You have two blonde best friends, me and Taylor Swift. Right. That's about it. (laughs) I don't even know. I think mine, I guess, would be Ari, like Ariana Grande, but yeah, we know. We've been new. We've been new. But even before that, 
I guess I had, like, some sort of parasocial relationship with, like, Disney Channel stars, like, Hannah Montana. I was obsessed with Hannah Montana. I... Literally skipped Halloween to go to Miley Cyrus I think the only person I could probably truly say, because I was a Nickelodeon kid, Mm -hmm. um, and so I watched iCarly, like, religiously. Did you like Spencer a lot? No, actually, I didn't. Really? He was funny, and I still think he's probably one of the funniest characters on that show. He's kind of cringe. He's kind of cringe, but he had really funny one-liners. You can't deny that. Yeah. But I feel like I probably, I just loved Sam and Carly. Like, honestly, the whole friend group is just my favorite. Like, you felt like you were part of their friend group. Like, you Mm -hmm. feel like if you were to be around them, you'd be like, oh my god, hey Carly, hey Freddie, hey Sam, let's hang out, let's go, let's go get smoothies Let's go go get smoothies and some tacos on a stick. Right, literally, like, (laughs) like, so you feel like you can do that, and I guess, I mean, again, that's just something I'm realizing right now, I'm like, holy crap, I didn't realize that I've been developing these relationships my whole life. And us having this conversation shows, like, how much of a community they help build. Right. Because... Without these, like, relationships, we wouldn't be able to just be like, oh, yeah, tacos on a stick. And I'm <laughs> sure that anybody that watched iCarly or even just, like, caught a couple glimpses knows what a, like, spaghetti taco is. Oh, Everybody yes. knows. Everybody wanted them. The chokehold that spaghetti tacos <laughs> has on our generation. That, that and pair phones. Yeah, the pair phones. Oh, I my God. I still kill for a pair I feel like it would just feel so nice in my hand. Oh, I would it'd be warm, but because the battery's about to explode, <laughs> it actually works. That's why it would be warm. No, literally. Like, the way that people, like, in movies, when they hold, like, a giant stack of cash, and they're like, this is luxury. Right, that's how I, I feel like a pair phone. Oh, my God. Don't even get me started. The blue one was sexy. <laughs> oh, no. I always like the green one. The green the one? Green was, one? Yeah, like that's the interesting. Green one. Yeah. Interesting that you like the green, and I like the blue. Because usually you think it'd be the other way around. Yeah. Yeah, you're literally wearing blue at the moment. Anyway, in a blue blanket too, and a blue water bottle. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not my favorite color. Believe it or not, it's, it's not my is it your color. favorite color red? Yeah, that's absolutely insane to me. Do you have? The, I am in his bedroom right now, and there's, there's zero red. There's, there's, there's no red. mask right there. You have a red mask and a red carabiner, and you're wearing a blue shirt, drinking out of a blue water wearing bottle. A bl- has blue on a bracelet, <laughs> blue eyes, blue, blue blanket. blanket. Literally everything I own is blue, but like I feel like I got desensitized to the color red because of crimson. That's fair. I don't want to expose yeah. anything, but you know exactly what <laughs> yeah, I mean when fair. I say that. That's fair. That's an inside joke. Not the red. <laughs> <laughs> Not the crimson. <laughs> ew, 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 ew. Um, generally, <laughs> I'm going to stop. But now we're going to do a couple little discussion questions. Like, we're in class. And will be posted online. Podcast has been posted. Yeah, we have Twitter and Instagram handles at Cheap Ass Therapy on both. And we really want to hear, like, listener feedback. So if there is anybody listening, please, dear God, give (laughs) us some feedback. (laughs) Me praying to the (laughs) podcast gods. (laughs) So number one is what has your experience of parasocial relationships done to help or harm you? I feel like for the most part, my like personal parasocial relationships have done a lot of like personal growth and like soul searching for me, Yeah. but also gave me like severe body dysmorphia. Yeah, I get that. I think for me, like it helped me like figure out, like I, like I found like the gay community through it and everything. So like I was very, felt very safe and very comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then harmful wise I feel like it made me super insecure I think just seeing as we talked earlier about like different bodies that are posted and everything it's like you start to look at yourself differently in the lens of someone else okay so I guess we both have had pretty tumultuous relationships with um, like parasocial relationships yeah. because um, they kind of fuck you up in the head yeah. because you just are looking at celebrities constantly like 
your entire life and then you just have this perceived notion of what you think you should look like to live in society and like be accepted but that's absolute horseshit 1000 percent. yeah and i think since our brains are still forming since we are both 20 um (laughs) we still have a lot of like growth to go yeah so i feel like i feel like there's you never stop growing yeah that's what they always say in the business world is that like you can never stop developing yourself there's always something new you can be learning yeah learning is like the most important facet of like human evolution yeah and so i think if you stop learning you basically just become a shell of a human and that's when you start to become a bitch yeah because you're not fun anymore you're just boring and stuck in your ways right i digress (laughs) um so do you think that these relationships have like a natural growth and decay like a lot of like phases that teenagers typically go through for sure i mean like i mean look at me with my title oakley obsession in middle school <laughs> and look at me now like i'm not nearly as obsessed with him as i used to be i think i feel like i mean a lot just depends i think on the person that you are forming the relationship with mm-hmm. because if they continue to stay super involved in media and everything then yeah probably it can stay for a while but if it's you know like think about like 2015 youtubers and everything like think mm-hmm. about how they're still around so they're not dead but you know they don't i feel like their content i don't know if it's because we change like you know like our perception of them is not the same or like their content changes or mm-hmm. whatever but like i feel like we kind of grow with them to a point and it's like it's like two lines coming together and then a bit like they'll stay together and then eventually they'll just kind of like yeah apart and maybe come back together maybe not but that's yeah. what, that's what i think and i think it. it also has to do with like you as a person becoming your own deity Mm -hmm. because you like take little pieces of anybody that you spend a lot of time with obviously so you take little pieces of people that you're in these parasocial relationships with and you add them to your own personality and like grow with them but then at some point maybe they do something that you're like not super sure about or they end up getting like chuggy or something (laughs) you're just like "Mm, maybe not anymore right and then it's like you don't really feel i feel like as bad when you break off these relationships because you don't have to worry about them being upset about it. Right, for sure. And yeah. I think that's probably the best part of parasocial relationships is the fear, the lack of fear of rejection. That and the lack of fear of commitment too, because once oh you're done God. with it, you're done with it. Like, I don't... think that there is something significant to be said about the increase of commitment <laughs> issues and the increase of parasocial relationships. <laughs> right? Right. I th- <laughs> You should do a study on that. I'm not going to do a study on that. That is a lot. That's a lot of it's research lot. to do. But... Yeah, it's also a lot of, like, focus groups that you'd have to hold Man, and, so like, hard. mental evaluations and shit. Too much work. Yeah. Um, last question is general discussion of how prevalent and common parasocial relationships are in the modern era. I honestly don't think unless, especially in, I guess, a developed country that has basically very unlimited or like moderately limited access to internet Mm -hmm. um like no censorships really just just vibes (laughs) they're basically impossible to avoid because you see things about celebrities whether you like them or not in news media constantly like you're always seeing oh what's what are the kardashians up to ariana grande's married specifically i don't like actually consume that media because i don't follow anything that's like that so Mm -hmm. like like, it's just it's not in my life like that but as for other things and other like people or whatever i definitely am aware of it a little bit more even Mm -hmm. whether i choose to be or not it's it's there you know yeah but i feel like i've got more active on twitter as you know oh thank god (laughs) and i um 
like have been noticing more different like they see more new stuff or just like mm-hmm. more stuff about celebrities and such like i need to follow more stuff on there but yeah follow your topics bestie i do but all it <gasps> shows follow me like, more. The, it follow it shows me like, the same three things like i literally will have like like 20 minutes just scrolling and it's just spider-man i'm like why is it just spider-man <laughs> me, but with astrology things <laughs> Oh my god! But why is it just Spider Man though? That's a I that's a deep know. dive discussion that I we don't. need to have privately. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> we need Cut to get the into Cut the, <laughs> the himbofication of Spider Man? Question mark. Is is Tom Holland Spider Man himbo? I think he could be classified because he is pretty like bulky at this point in his life because he's what like twenty four now. Yeah, I think if he's even bulkier, yeah. But like, if he's not Bolin from Avatar: The Airbender. I mean, obviously not. <laughs> Christian's over here having like an actual meltdown over Bolin. <laughs> we get it. You're queer. We get Shut it. Up. We get it. <laughs> um, but I, re- I really do think that he is a himbo because he's an idiot, but he's like smart about it too. Yeah. I, I think Andrew Garfield's is more of like the himbo. Yeah. Oh, I love uh, Andrew Don't Garfield's. even get me started. I, we could talk about that for hours. Andrew Garfield got done dirty by Sony, but. I'm pissed still, but it's fine. He was such a good Spider-Man. I'm he sorry. Was so he was so good. Oh my god. Of, there's never been a bad Spider-Man movie. You cannot tell me I'm wrong. No, you're right. Because I grew up on the Raimi trilogy, and so those have a deep, significant place in my heart. Yeah. And then the Amazing Spider-Man's perfect oh movies. Yeah. And now the new trilogy, I'm obsessed. Right. I'm but so also, excited. like, I am obsessed with Zendaya. Respectfully so. Everyone is obsessed with Zendaya. If you're not you like obsessed with not. Zendaya, I think that you need to have a look back at your own life. Go form a parasocial relationship with Zendaya and then get back to us. Yeah, because she's literally perfect, a versatile queen. Not only can she play MJ, but she can play, like, what what was it, Casey Undercover and Rue. Oh my god, Rue, don't even get me started. I love that bitch. And then, honestly, my soulmate. I mean, honestly, that could be a whole discussion. Just the Zendaya, Zendaya's, like, range yeah honestly oh my god and greatest showman yeah that's, I what, I, that's what i was thinking of i'm just thinking of um shake it up because that's just like, just sh- 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 shake it up shake it up mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no the okay speaking of chokeholds that generational things had on us what was up with balalia thorn and zendaya just controlling okay. specifically our age but specifically they were they were controlling us with one thing and one thing only and it was the mashup of bbb my bff and t2y and t2y no no that no, was no, the no, same no, song no, no. um whatever um you know the one you know the one <laughs> replay was it Re- replay no 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 wait yeah, was it it was replay yeah damn oh my god that, that, that mashup, you know, and the music video for it. But that was like a moment in time. Time stopped when they released that because no, yeah. it was literally amazing. It was like an anchor point yeah. <laughs> in our uh, current existence. Yeah. But also, um, I feel like I formed a parasocial relationship with those two whores <laughs> because I literally would sit in my bedroom stare at the TV and then try to like recreate those dances. Also, I think that it definitely has an effect on what the hell TikTok dances are now because it's not dancing. Yeah. It's just shake it up. I will say, I'm pretty sure we have a mutual friend that posted this video about what was that um, song? It was like something like your sneakers. 
please watch Yo Step. <gasps> oh my um, god. But like, the like classic 2016 dance yeah, trend. But like hit the quan, whip and nana, oh like everything. Like it was Perfect. but like it was actual dancing then and now mm-hmm. it's literally just like let's let me shake my ass and like put my hands down and like yeah. do a couple hair flips and like maybe pop my like chest out or whatever, and that's about it. And I'm like, y'all are literally doing y'all just Reduce, reuse, and recycle <laughs> the same amount of dance moves over and over again. I'm like, where was no, the like, flavor? No, like, I'm literally bored. I'm like, so, if all, I get on I, TikTok, I, also, I get bored. But I never, like, see that on my TikTok because I'm so far away from that at this yeah. point. So. I'll get, like, every, like, one once a week, like, my scroll sessions on TikTok that I limit myself oh, to. It'll be, like, 1.4 million. Like, I'll, like, I'll only be getting all the TikToks that, like, have, like, 3 million likes, 12 million likes. I'm like, where, why, why? Okay, here's here? another question for these listeners. If you're on Straight Talk, tell me how, tell me what's going on, and tell me why. Because why would you subject yourself to that side of TikTok no, when there's literally. a literal, like, comedic and funny side? <laughs> literally. Or literally just get off, like, dance talk and go to animal talk. It's my honestly, favorite. Honestly, I feel like animal... Like, so I feel like there's now three categories of, like, TikTok users. And this is a whole podcast episode I'm going to get into eventually because I'm just not thinking about it. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is amazing. You have queer... You queer TikTok. I don't want to say gay because I feel like that's just, like, just queer as a Yeah. Gender. Straight. Mm-hmm. And then... Straight queer. <laughs> straight then, queer. <laughs> and then millennial. I oh my god, like, and that's like the food videos, the animal videos, right, yeah, the baby it, videos. Yeah, because you mentioned the animals, and I was like, I love me a dog video, but like they still have like four, five, six million likes on TikTok, and I'm like, all right. Oh, it's insane. But like, it's like, all right, all right, we can calm down. We, it's getting a little chewy now. But also something that's so funny about millennial TikTok and like all that like generic millennial shit mm-hmm. is that my nine-year-old brother is also on millennial TikTok because it's safe. Oh my god, so is your brother like a millennial? Is I'm, he not, is that why I identify kind of like as a millennial? It's just, I consume like a millennial Baby, media. you are 11 years older than him. I know, but think about it. Literally, no, think about it. Because like, so many of our friends mentioned that like, I'm a millennial because yeah. like, I still wear skinny jeans. I love the phrase, I identify as a millennial. But like, because I consumed <laughs> so much millennial media growing up. Yeah. I think it honestly, not to bring in a buzzword but i think it would just make you chuggy to gen z because like you kind of like go against the grain but you're still technically a gen z i am i feel like there's just different aspects of me that blend it's either it's like there's parts of me that are gen z and then part of me that's millennial and i feel like wow it's almost like humans have many different facets wow Wow, it's almost like we're like. Would you look at that? It's a time for the podcast to end. <laughs> yeah, that was a really intense tangent because I really, really don't remember what we were talking we about. We started first. talking about the prevalent and common parasocial relationships in the modern era. Yeah, we really, reading from the Google Doc. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I mean, what else do you expect from me? I'm not, yeah, that's true. I'm not a scholar here. Both of us in college, literally doing our scholarly but shit I'm not every a scholar. day. I'm just a student. I'm a scholar. I yeah. took an exam today and I aced that shit and I know Well, it. good for you. But anyways. Thank you for joining us today on our lovely discussion of parasocial relationships. I'm just going to apologize if anybody has any, like, feedback, because I know we go on tangents a lot, but I'm... I'm I have ADHD. Don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. I don't know. But yeah, I've I don't never know had what a, I have. I've never had a linear thought in my life. <laughs> so don't expect there to be How any. How do you linear look thoughts. at me and tell me that I can tell a story without getting sidetracked? <laughs> yeah, baby, you need to go to therapy. But I've been telling you that. What but do you think this is? This is, <laughs> this, is this, this has been cheaper, cheaper than, than therapy. therapy with Christian and Bree. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>